Hey everyone, Mark and Steve here. Before we get started today, we want to let you know about Dare to Connect, our new online interactive video platform. For less than the cost of a therapy session, you and your spouse get live access to both of us three times a week. Each 30-minute live group support session provides interactive mentoring and healing for addicts, spouses, and couples. If you're loving our podcast and our unique style of bringing you recovery, you're going to love Dare to Connect. To learn more, go to daretoconnectnow.com. We're looking forward to seeing and working with you. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey, everybody, Mark and Steve with you here on the PBSE podcast. We uh, had a PBSE listener write in to us about a situation that uh, is very near and dear to our hearts. We're going to yeah. uh, we're going to wax personal today. hope. <laughs> 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 uh, we, well, yeah, we've we've waxed personal so many times, Steve, we we often say, yep, you know, this is going to be permanent in the in the Internet uh, universe forever, right? <laughs> oh yeah, we're uh, we're 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 blacklisted in so many ways. Can't even can't even probably Are you count sure them all. Sure, you want to say that? <laughs> well, here's so here's the situation that uh, this listener wrote in about. Uh, she said, "Mark and Steve, it's been an absolute blessing to have discovered your podcast. My spouse and I listen regularly. To be blunt, <clears throat> Mark, My spouse has said he relates so much with you in particular when it comes to mindset and behaviors of his addiction. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And like Steve, my my spouse also lost his father too soon as a teenager, of which he says he was emotionless when it happened. No tears, just nothing. Indifference, despite how much he loved his dad. So this this spouse has a lot of family of origin stuff, you know, that's gone yeah. on trauma. And then uh, this this is a, this is a, a woman who's writing to us who is the spouse of a, a porn and sex addict. Um, she says, "I'm not ignorant to the contribution of my past and family of origin, and what it's added to our dynamic. I am an adult child of a substance use addicted mother and a sex porn and love addicted father." who struggles with narcissistic personality disorder. Um, However, uh, betrayal trauma and being a spouse of a porn and sex addict has been the worst pain I've ever felt. It's been slow dwindling over three years, and I can't help but recognize how my grace and stability and values have been taken advantage of. And she asked her question. How has family of origin played a role in your dynamics with your spouses, if at all? Asking us, right? Yeah. Thanks for all you guys are doing. You've set the bar high in my hopes in my spouse's recovery. 
Uh, it's a great, uh, great submission. And we appreciate the kind words as always. It's, it's good to know that, uh, you know, this, uh, this podcast is helping people and we, we love working with people. We love working with each of you and getting your submissions. Um, I, uh, as I look at this, I, you know, there's lots of, it's a great question. Cause I don't know if we've ever addressed this talk. You know, we've, we're coming up on what, like 150 episodes or something of this podcast now, like 135 or something like that. Yeah. And I don't know if anyone's asked a question <clears throat> like this quite in this way. And so it's really cool to kind of address well, our families of origin have nothing to do with no. interact with their spouses. No, family. I don't know why anybody would <laughs> care about this. They don't, they don't influence things at all. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, for me, there, there have been a lot of really interesting ways in which family of origin stuff has, has impacted me and my character. And one of those that I would share here, I'll take a couple minutes to do it. It may take a, a bit, but it's a good one because I've actually been surprised how many addicts can relate to this when I've mentioned this to them, because this is a, a link, not just between how my wife and I, uh, mm-hmm. interact, but also I'm going to kind of demonstrate how this has also been a link towards act, acting out or fantasy-based behavior. So um, my dad, uh, he he did die suddenly um, in a plane crash. Uh, it was completely unexpected. Obviously, as plane crashes go, he, he uh, traveled a lot for business and essentially uh, one day left on a business trip. He, would, he took usually two or more of those a month. It was fairly common. And uh, left on a business trip one day and never came back and uh it 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 was a it, it had an, a tremendous impact on me and my family and you know as i've watched the different ways in which that's impacted me probably one of the most significant that does tie into this addiction component uh, as well as my marriage is uh the abandonment factor mm. so um to kind of break this down to the two pieces how that's happened is is a couple of ways uh if if my wife Brittany um and this has gotten better as i become more aware of it i've i've actually been doing some personal work on this of late and and continue to work on this in my own therapy um but as i uh as i have observed over the years um when britney goes and does something say she goes out with friends or spends time with you know her girlfriends or whatever I have found um, that over time, if she is, say, half an hour or 45 minutes late, nowadays, again, it's not this extreme, but especially like the first five, six, seven years we were married, if she was late like a half an hour, it was like, it would definitely bother me, but it was like, I guess this isn't too big of a deal. If she started to push towards like the hour, I would be making phone calls at that point. And if I can't get a hold of her, like, and it gets to, if I couldn't get a hold of her and it got to be like an hour plus, my brain would start doing all sorts of kind of wild, bizarre things that may sound a little odd to some of you or may, you may totally relate. Uh, my, the way that I, my brain and a lot of traumatized brains, if we kind of look at how trauma works in the brain is oftentimes my brain in that stage will start to kind of quote unquote, try to get ahead of the trauma. Mm-hmm. Of like what I'm fearing may have happened to Brittany. And what will occur is I will, uh, my brain will start to like move into really intrusive thoughts, right? Or has at least historically where it'll start thinking, oh my gosh, well, I've got to plan a funeral, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess I better start looking up prices and like, what does that cost? And 
you know, and then it will start to kind of proactively move forward and say, okay, how do we, it's almost like it will start to out advance grieve the loss of my wife. This, I know this sounds really strange. Like my brain will kind of start to hyper advance, like, okay, like how, what should that look like? How long should I grieve? Right. What's a normal, <laughs> acceptable period of grieving with the loss of a partner? And here's the interest. Here's the really bizarre part. But again, you may totally relate if you are if you find yourself dealing with this. My brain, in a way, to escape, and this is where it would historically be linked to sometimes acting out or fantasy, uh, would then move towards a place of, you know, let's get away from the pain. So, what's an appropriate level of time or or amount of time of grieving before you get married again, or start dating again, right? And and so my brain will start moving forward in this hypothetical relationship now with somebody else. And so we get to Brittany being two hours late from something because of traffic. And in my mind, I've already moved on and I now have three children in some other marriage. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And that really, again, may sound very odd and strange to some of you, but that is really how I have noticed that happen in my head in the past where... It's like my my brain is not wanting to process anything really hard or difficult around what could be happening. And so it wants to immediately go to a place of escape or and sometimes kind of not necessarily sexual, but sometimes just a fantasy based place of, you know, let's get away from any of that pain and let's focus on something else and something new and something something different. Right. So that's that would be probably one of the more interesting or out there ways that that uh, that has impacted me yeah <clears throat> and there's we could spend a week of continual podcasting 24 7 to talk about every family of origin issue sure. <laughs> and how it impacts our marriages and our addictions and all of these things choosing just one of those from my past um so because i grew up in a a, a really abusive home um I I became really hypersensitive to any level of disappointment on the part of another person, uh, disapproval, mm. any any level of correction, right? Because that was just a constant thing when I was a kid. Constantly, adults around me and and relatives and even peers were very unaccepting. Um, they were very intolerant of any mistakes I would make. And so I, I suffered a lot of trauma from being criticized and physically and emotionally punished all the time for all sorts of things. So, in, so I brought all that into my marriage. And so <clears throat> here's how it affected our relationship. If my wife would even so much as show a raised eyebrow of disappointment on her face, I would immediately catastrophize. Oh my gosh, what have I done? She doesn't love me anymore. I'm uh, right. Uh, we're we're getting a divorce. We'd have a little spat, just just like a little disagreement or just a, a a fairly mild argument. I'm already plotting and planning divorce. Mm -hmm. And she's like, "What is going on with you? We we had a we mm -hmm. had a little disagreement. You think we're getting divorced?" But it was but the reaction was like instant and and severe. Yeah. And then immediately after all that would start happening, I would go into this place of <clears throat> defensiveness. <clears throat> I would defend myself at all costs. Uh, I would argue and debate, right? I couldn't, I couldn't afford to be wrong. 
about anything because if you're wrong or shown to be wrong or you, or someone shows you've made a mistake, right? It's 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 catastrophic mm. because all your worth, all your value as a human being is based on whether others accept you or they don't, or whether yeah. you're right or correct or perfect. And so I would immediately go into defensiveness. Then I, I would often go silent and stoic and kind of withdraw and disappear. And then almost instantly after that, go into this place of self-flogging, self-shaming, yeah. you loser, you piece of garbage. And then of course comes self-soothing, which usually involved going to my addiction outlets. Yeah. So that's how family of origin had a big impact on my marriage relationship. Just one of the areas. Well, in those two, it's, I think it's interesting, Mark, because, you know, we were talking about this pre-production and, and in many ways, those are those two re reactions, yours versus mine, they're different situations in different scenarios, but they're also very similar. Yeah. Right? It's kind of the same sort of a thing where the brain is sort of trying to get ahead. Yes. Right. Of potential further hurt. Yes. And so it's trying to kind of outwit it. Right. And already, you know, well, I'm, I don't want to go through the the pain. I'm curious if this resonates for you. I don't want to go through the pain of of losing her, so I'm going to divorce you. Like, let's just do it. Let's just get it done. I don't oh, want yeah, that hanging yeah. over my head. Like, yeah, the, the I know what that disappointed look on her face means. Mm, it means really bad yeah. things are coming. Yeah, right? you're 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 going to be rejected. You're going to be punished. Someone's going to wail on you, right? So let's just let's just end this now before all that comes. Yeah. And that wasn't her intention at all. She's just like trying to be authentic and transparent and, and, and on an, and gosh, a topic for a whole other podcast, right. Is how does this then affect the spouse and what she'll tell you about, about those couple of decades together where all I, I would bring all that family of origin stuff in is she would then find herself being very hypervigilant Am yes. I going to show something on my face that's going to upset Mark? Am I, am I going to say something that's going to trigger him? Right. So she's, she would say she's just started walking on eggshells, watching yeah. every single little expression she had. And she kind of became sort of numbed out, sort of robotic, sort of, I can't show any, she would say that I can't show any emotion to you because you, you immediately go off on this tangent. Yeah. 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 No, well, and, and yeah, it's it. No, oh, it is. It is so interesting that you say that because, I for for me, you know, my go to when I when I feel trauma or when I feel backed into a corner, my go to has historically been aggression. Yeah, and for a long time with Brittany, when the, when these kinds of things would happen, if I couldn't get a hold of her, how would that usually manifest that fear of losing her? Where have you been? What are you been doing? Why didn't you pick up your phone? Why haven't you, why didn't you call me back? Why didn't you do this? Why? How does it come off? Interrogation. Like, you oh get, yeah. Get it the comes big off bright as, spotlight out. And <laughs> yeah, it comes off. Like I'm, I'm trying to be like extremely controlling, mm -hmm. right? Like, how dare you be late? How dare you do this? And that's not even what's going on in my head at all. It's this little trauma of like, oh my gosh, you're safe, but manifesting in this totally dysfunctional way. Right now, yeah. I'm not saying that every situation where a husband is controlling or an addict is controlling is that way, but it does give just some interesting insight into how one's brain works. I, I at the time I would never have linked those. Right at the time, I probably also thought that I was controlling. It only took a lot of recovery, yeah, yeah. becoming a therapist, and a lot of other things to learn. Oh, that's where that's you know stemming from. Well, from one of the brain. hardest thing, especially for us as guys, to to begin to 
become aware of, to begin to be willing to peel back the layers past the symptoms, we have to realize that because of the trauma that we experienced when we were younger, there's a part of us that is fragile. Yes. It's very fragile. It's, it, we don't have much resilience, maybe in some cases, none at all with particular mm-hmm. triggers in our adult lives. And so we're, we're extremely protective, self-protective, that part of us that is all about survival and saving us from future pain like we've experienced in the past. All of, the, all of those, those protection survival mechanisms come, come flooding out with this stuff. Mm. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. hundred percent. Well, I know we got to, we got to wrap this up here. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting talking about this and, and, and I love really getting in depth on these topics, Mark. I know you do too. We would love to be able to go more in depth with each of you. Um, we would strongly suggest consider if you haven't already jumping on over to dare to connect now.com and giving our dare to connect program uh, for addicts, spouses, and couples a try. Yeah. We're able to really take this to a new level uh, in multiple ways with you. Uh, we get interactive, we get raw and real in a way that we simply can't because of time and confidentiality on the podcast and uh, are able to ask, you know, answer questions. You're able to get answers to the things you're wanting in real time. Um, we have a lot of new interesting features that are coming online with with the podcast or with uh, D2C here in the next couple of months that we're excited to be announcing. But um at any rate, we would love to have you come and come and join us. We've got a two-week trial going on right now with that, where you can try this and 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 uh, there's no billing for two weeks. Give it a shot, see what you think. Um, we're confident you'll love it. Please come give us a check. Uh, give it a look over at uh, Dare to Connect. Dare to Connect. Well, and and you talking about that, Steve? That's very much uh, what we should wrap up with. Is okay. We've got yeah. family origin issues. What do we do about it? Yes. Here exactly. we brought all of this into our current you know marriage relationship or partnership. So now what, right? Well, we have to remember is we've got all this wiring in our brains, in our bodies, in fact, that uh, from all of that past experience in our families of origin, it'd be so dominant. It, it, it really is the default place that we will go if we are not mindful in the moment. It will take over. You've all noticed, right? In an instant, you're not yeah. even aware of it often until the whole thing is done. And then you're looking and go, what was that? <laughs> well, that's family of origin wiring that you built over time. And the thing is, if we let all that go and really rule over us, we are always going to want, a part of us is always going to want to revert when things get hard, when discussions get tough, when stuff's not going the way we expected, we will revert to old coping strategies instantly. Yeah. So what we've got to do is two things with regard to this. If you want to evolve through this family of origin struggle, one is you've got to do your personal work. Yep. Absolutely must do your personal work. So when we talk about journaling and we talk about, you know, learning how to be mindful and cognitive, uh, you know, cognitive techniques, but also very much an outside support system outside of your, your marriage or your relationship. Because you're too close. The two of you just trigger each other too easily to try and solve it by yourselves. So you get this outside support system like a 12-step group, you know, like a, like a, a you know, a trauma healing group, just lots yes. of 
So you've got to do the personal work, bring all those things to bear so that you personally can begin to recognize these family of origin issues and begin to do the work to ev- to grow and evolve through them so that you can heal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, for sure. I, I love that. And, and, you know, again, that's a starting point for for, for the healing work, but it's definitely not the end, but, but it really does as so, with so many other parts of this guys, it really comes back to, uh, you know, focusing on, on the individual first before we move to the coupleship. I, I know that Mark and I, as we've said many times, we've done this all the wrong ways before we've done it all the right ways. And, and you will go much further, I think in this process, um, by figuring out, you know, what, what makes this tick when you find yourself having adverse responses, you know, to different things in the relationship. Um, that seem, you know, when you have those moments where Mark and I have had, where you say to yourself, where the crap did that come from? Yeah. You know, um, being willing to really look at those and, and get real with those, I think is, is, is probably your, you know, your best beginning point because, you know, these, these issues, they, they don't go away easily, but the more we become aware of them, the quicker we can start to, to really work on them and the, and the quicker that you will be able to find these things aren't back you know oh we're losing your you're losing your voice oh you're losing me sorry i'm moving away from my mic <laughs> anyway <clears throat> but yeah the the other thing we would just say to encourage all of you this is hard stuff yeah, absolutely it is not easy when you bring family of origin and all of your past history into a relationship what we want to be sure and say is hang in there please mm-hmm. while the change and the evolution is unfolding this takes time. Yeah. You're going to find in the early to mid stages, there's a part of you that's going to want to bail. For it's sure. like, okay, I'm out of here or <laughs> right. I'm in your face and I'm going to control you or I'm going to go silent or I'm going to do whatever. And just the whole concept of leaning in and, and standing toe to toe to, to hang in while this change is unfolding. Yep. Just don't give up too soon. You know, keep, keep at it and you'll get there. Absolutely. Well, everybody, thank you as always for uh, tuning in. We really do love and care about you. We hope that you are having a great week and really do honor where you're all at in this battle of fighting for marriage and fighting for connection, and fighting for, for your relationships. Um, we would love to get more questions from you guys. We've got several lined up already for upcoming podcasts, but I uh, would love to hear from you and you can send those in to us. We actually have a contact form at pbsepodcast.com. Uh, feel free to head on over there and and submit those. We'd love to get them in the docket and and get those answered for you. All right. Thanks for uh, being with us and we'll see you next time on PBSE. Yep. Have a great one, everybody. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.